Jack LeBron. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's Tuesday morning, it's Grand Prix week, and Daniel Herrero from Speed Cafe is with us. Dan's been uh, on the keyboard with Speed Cafe for a number of years, originally from Newcastle, now living in... Now living in back in Newcastle at the moment, Tony. Good morning. Back in Newcastle, right, OK. Walking the street circuit last night, actually. Is it looking good? It is, yeah. Yeah, there's some things that normally wouldn't be in there when they're racing on there, as you'd expect, but it's looking good. I, I think of all the, the cities that have had a supercar event in recent years that Newcastle probably had had the biggest impact on in a very positive way. Um, and I think I'm uh, delighted to see Newcastle because I was there a year beforehand looking at it and I did see it pre and, and post. Um, the city has certainly grown up a fair bit in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, the street track and the pictures that go out are actually great advertisement and uh, making people aware where and what Newcastle is. Yeah, it's actually interesting because I've heard from a lot of people and people who've been around motorsport a long time um, actually saying that, wow, Newcastle is somewhere I'd like to come and have a look at again, and which is exactly the thing that should be happening. But let's talk about other things other than a, a, a race meeting that's a long time away now, because this week is Grand Prix week. We've had a whole bunch of things that have come up uh, after Adelaide. Um, the first impression, uh, Adelaide went pretty well. It was interesting. The usual su- suspects were the uh, podium place getters and things like that, although, of course, shame that was one that couldn't be foreseen. Would you think? No, Shane was interesting. It was, a, it was a great drive, wasn't it? It just he uh, went unrewarded in the driver's seat in the end. Unfortunately, he, he really went on a tear there. But yeah, like you said, you know, you change a few things around, and you see what happens. It shakes up the order a bit. But like you say, usual suspects are kind of the the cream rises to the top eventually, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, as I said about the usual suspect sort of thing. Um, it uh, was interesting to see the way in which Tickford have come back. Um, they were very strong over there, Will Davis in particular, but others as well. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, Will, Will Davis in particularly on the first couple of days of the meeting they probably surprised me on the upside a little bit. Um, obviously, he got podiums last year and came close to a win, but it's been promising for them to see them carry that into... What are we now? Twenty twenty, we're up to. I think. I mean, the other one was Chaz Mostert, so he's what third in the championship at the moment, off the top of my head. So we obviously expected the you know Chaz Mostert Adam Debray combination to do good things at Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. Um, I don't know if we expected that much as early as they did. Of course, I mean Adelaide is also a Walkinshaw track, so there might have been a bit. Of that as well, but definitely encouraging signs for them. That was probably the other one that jumped out to me. Well, Walkinshaws are certainly trying to keep a lid on it, but Adelaide, they have had recent format when Scott Pye managed to grab his only win. So whilst they're keeping a lid on it, they've got to think their opportunity is there to be able to get another good showing. Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, we'll see... Deborah work his magic. I think that's a real sort of, it's one that we're starting to understand how important that relationship is to Chaz Mostert. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see how that works out for them. Mm. And of course, Larry gave 
Chaz Moss at the Larry Perkins Trophy last year. So he's got plenty of confidence and form going into it, albeit under some very strange circumstances in the uh, lead-up to one of those races. But what has amazed me, and and I know you were covering bring the story as well, is the fake news last week going around in and around the t- coronavirus. There was as much fake news going on about what would happen with the Grand Prix as there was toilet paper running out of the supermarkets. Yeah, that was really weird, wasn't it? So this story went around late last week that um, that Formula One wasn't going to come and supercars was going to do some sort of enduro, a little bit like what happened with uh, A1 Grand Prix at the Gold Coast in 2009 where you know supercars had to step up and... All I could think was supercars were thinking, oh, my God, Crash is not in the country to save us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My boss will be very happy to hear you say that. Um, Yeah, I mean, this, and and that would have been a tough one to turn around and, you know, you've got to think how how they might have been able to do that in the first place on such short notice. It was weird how that that came up and, and then just went. And supercars, you know, we've been... Between us and the editorial team, we've been in touch with them uh, every few days regarding this and also in touch with the Australian Grand Prix Corporation. And it's, it's actually been, on those channels, the same sort of story all throughout the last sort of week to a fortnight. Yes, there's, you know, coronavirus, they're monitoring it, you know, they're liaising with the government when necessary. Obviously, there are some more restrictions on arrivals from Italy in the last few days, but even then we don't have the same restrictions as other countries have, and I think that's something that, um, you know, that immigration and then the event organisers are happy that they can manage. They've obviously, you know, got to take a few more precautions than usual, and we've seen, you know, we've seen things happen overseas, or will happen or not happen as the case may be, but I think it's, you know, it is all fine at the moment. It's all going ahead. I know even today... You know, there were some questions about whether they might have the Australian Grand Prix behind closed doors. I don't think there's any reason to do that, and that was shut down pretty quickly as well. Yeah, and Bahrain making the announcement that they're going to have only the teams and drivers on track to ensure the television product goes to head. Let's be crude about it. It's the commercial. Uh, it's the commercial aspect of this that is driving why it's going ahead. Just like Syria in. Uh, Italy is being played in front of empty stadiums because they well, can't well, afford not to have those games. No, well, at the end of the day, at least if everyone can watch on TV, it's better than you know, no race, no football game at all, isn't it? Just ahead of uh, Tony's next question, which I know is going to be about shock absorbers, where are you sitting on Team Sydney's number 19 driver? As uh, We've talked about the Grand Prix a fair bit now, but we it's... It, is staggering that we are Tuesday morning and we still don't know who's driving one of the supercars this weekend. No, it's, it's kind of a, a best guess scenario at the moment. Um, it's usually pretty difficult to get information out of that camp. They, um, they run a fairly tight ship there. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Jonathan Webb himself at this point in time. I don't think we've heard indications of anyone else going to car 19 of course Chris Pitter has come out and said that he will be you know he's staying solid in car 22 um, 
19's a question at the moment. But yeah, like I said, uh, best guess right now, Jonathan Webb will take over the seat himself as the best I can offer you at the moment. Um, Steve Webb was uh, driving his Elfin 360, a beautiful Repco engine sports car built by Coopers back in the 1970s. Uh, Steve was in that car down at Phillip Island, as he usually has been in the last four or five years. And while I didn't directly ask him questions about it, we didn't discuss it at all. Um, I know that Steve Webb is not planning to get into a touring car anytime soon. Um, you know, James Courtney walked away. Money was more than likely the uh, the centre of his uh, dispute with John O. Webb. Uh, money has been a, a bit of a, a bane of contention with Techno for some years. And uh, John O., um, unfortunately, has not retained the people that uh, have been there at the highs when they've won Bathurst 12 hours and thousands. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they're able to put a two-car team on the track with all the relevant and capable people. But the thing I'd like to ask you, uh, Daniel, being on the ground at Adelaide, was about the shock situation. Now, we know that uh, everyone was having to cope with them, uh, the new super shock control across, and you can't adjust them and all these sort of things. Uh, what do you did you feel was the impact? I mean, there have been various discussions about uh, both Lee Holdsworth and Shane Van Gisbergen saying things about the shock. I think, um, Craig, you said that Shane had said some quite direct things about them. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, Dan, I know we've both been speaking to team owners over the course of the uh, week so far, trying to glean a bit more information out of them about is there a real problem there? Yeah, we have been. Uh, Shane wasn't particularly happy with them from the start, I think, even, I think maybe even before the test day, Tail and Ben, but certainly straight after. Uh, he didn't particularly like them, and obviously that carried through. And we saw the dramas that he had. Um, I don't, I don't see it as being well. Not, not at this stage. There were two, you know, there were two problems that we think could be. Well, I was about to say attributed to. That's probably not even the right word yet. But uh, that involved the shock absorbers in Adelaide, and I both. Triple Eight built cars, so um, that's something I won't say unique to them. But obviously, it's a new spec. There's you know a different level of adjustability. It's a new component they're dealing with. I would say at this point in time, I don't think there's a there's a reason to jump to a conclusion. I know that Shane, I think he rolled out the word safety at one point. I don't know if that was with him. Um, the way you finished off a sentence. I don't know if there's, I don't think there's a huge reason to think there's going to be a drama based on what we know so far because, you know, it's not like there aren't teams that haven't run on super shocks for the last few years and certainly Erebus is one you're probably alluding to about who I've been talking to lately, um, have run on super shocks for a few years now, not had any dramas and they've been, you know, running them over curbs that, the Gold Coast and Homebush back in the day, those are the two that are probably the worst for them. So I, I obviously they'll keep an eye on it. Um, I think supercars will keep an eye on it as they do with any change like this. I don't think there's any reason to be particularly concerned at this juncture, though. Mm, and we've got Matt Stone coming on the show tomorrow, and we've 
already asked him that question as well. So uh, you can find out what Barry Ryan's thinking at Speed Cafe and have a listen to uh, what Matt Stone thinks here on Inside Supercars tomorrow, Tony. Indeed. And uh, Dan, we look forward to catching up with you later in the week. Um, Speed Cafe uh, have been constantly breaking stories for many years. Nothing in particular this day, this this moment that uh, you want to lead people to Speed Cafe to check on the latest news? I think uh, Craig's just had a bit of a teaser about the shock. I know, aside from that, it's just um, it's just keeping on top of everything in the lead up to a big weekend for all of us uh, down there at Albert Park this weekend. Is this the craziest weekend where you've got trying to cover Formula One and, of course, supercars as the headline acts, and then you've got Super Five Thousands and a, a real bevy of supports, Carrera Cup and the like. Yeah, this one is probably the craziest. Obviously. Bathurst, the biggest for supercars, but this one, Formula One, and like you say, even the supports, they've stepped them up another level again this year, and even you know, Carrera Cup's gone, and well, one of the Carrera Cup teams has gone and found a bloke by the name of Craig Lowndes to put on the grid, which increases the focus on them as well, so yes, uh, plenty going on down there. Um, usually don't get a lot of sleep during an Australian Grand Prix weekend, I can say from experience. Oh, well, you've got a couple of nights before you get on a plane, so uh, enjoy that, Dan. Daniel Herrero of Speed Cafe, and we look forward to uh, catching up in person later this week at Albert Park. So thank you for joining us, Dan, and we'll see you then. Thanks very much. And that's it for Inside Supercars. Enjoy us again tomorrow with all the news from Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.